0: So I, I show you that, um, that video just because I I love the idea of light. Life is full of challenges, and and yet we learn to trust the Lord through them, through the through the difficulties, and um, that relates to where we're headed with our our Psalm twenty seven this morning. I want to now take some time for prayer, and again I apologize for some reason my camera just isn't working, but I pray God's grace. You, you can hear what I'm saying, and we'll, we'll go with that. Um, Father, I, I pray for, uh, we come to you in prayer this morning. We come to you as your people, um, separated, um, worshiping in our own homes this morning, and and it it feels weird. It feels different, but God, we pray that you would instill, infuse us with your Holy Spirit. That there would be something about how we gather together um, through computer screens that would would still bear the mark of, of of God's presence within us, and so God, we we lift up that we ask that you would have mercy upon us because we need you, we need to worship you. There is no one like you, and there's no one that compares with you. And Father, we we come behalf on come to you on behalf of the people in the church who are facing illnesses and struggles and hurts. Um, We pray, pray for those who are, are dealing with COVID. We know that there are, there are some, if not many who are are recovering from that. Lord, we pray that you would be with them. We, we lift up uh, Phil and his, his health struggles. Lord, we pray you bring healing um, to him through and through. Father, we, we lift up those who are just struggling with, loneliness and, and not sure what to do that. This holidays were a tough time because they didn't get to see people. Um, Father, I pray that you would be their comforting presence through all of this. Lord, it's a new year and we, we lift this year to you. We've learned to trust you and love you and follow you wherever you lead. And so we give you this, this year in, in Jesus name. Amen. So the passage this morning is Psalm 27. So let me share my screen here and get back to our Um Let me see if I can. There we go. We're doing Psalm twenty-seven this morning, and uh, I'll start just by by reciting the whole whole thing. It's on going to be on your screen as we go. I just want you to hear hear it all now as a prayer, um, not just as a scripture being read, but as a prayer. And then we're just going to walk through the passage as we we go through them. But I'm. I particularly this in, in the NIV version, the NIV 1984 version, because it's a psalm that I had memorized when I was a younger Christian. And I'll share a bit more about that. But hear this, even if need be, close your eyes and just sort of focus on these words. What would it be like for you to make this your prayer, to, to pray the, these words yourself? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says if you seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I am still... Confident of this, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. This is God's word for his people this morning. So as I mentioned, this is a psalm that I had memorized long ago and I'm, I'm almost Back to re-memorizing it in the last week or so, and I want to encourage you to consider a spiritual practice, and that is the idea of memorizing specifically the Psalms. Um, I, I challenge you to pick one Psalm and memorize it. It could be could be that one of the simplest ones is Psalm twenty-three, um, and and the way to do it, and I was going to show you my notebook. Um, but what I do is I have, a, I have a notebook that I look at every morning, a journal, and I, I start with writing like one verse at a time, doing like two words out of that verse. And so for this one, Psalm 27, I just put light and stronghold. And then I worked at being able to say the verse just with those clues. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And so I'd do that with one verse. And then I'd add the, the next day, I would add a second verse and pick out two, two or three different other words, sometimes you know, a couple lines worth, and and slowly just add on each day adding on one verse. And then i use these key words to be able to go back and do it. And after a while, I didn't even need the key words. And I share that with you because I I believe. That memorizing scripture, especially these psalms, are a way to keep in a continual prayer mode with with our Lord. That that these these passages can go through our mind when we're going through a difficult time, or we we're, we don't have access to the Bible, but we can we can pray. And you can rehearse in your mind. Once you sink it in there. Um, that, that this passage and that these, these it's really prayers. And it, I, I found it has helped me draw into a closeness with God that um, especially has sustained me through some difficult times. I originally memorized Psalm 27 when I was going through a difficult time in ministry, my, my 20s. I was wondering if I should keep going or give up and find something else to do. And this this was one of those psalms that as I I memorized this it became an internalized prayer that that I would continually just bring back to God. And and for me especially the this psalm it's affirming our faith and trust it's it's acknowledging the difficulties that are facing with life but also um talking about the the way God meets us in those. So let's go through it verse by verse and see what it says. So it starts off by talking, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Um, there's three, actually three little mini metaphors within this verse that, that, that guides through the psalm as a whole. So it's my light, my salvation, and my stronghold. Just to give it a comparison, you probably are familiar with Psalm 23 which says the Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 23 is a bit simpler, and it sticks with just one driving metaphor that carries the prayer of Psalm 23. This one, together to, to, to grasp three aspects of the way God has played into, and the author of the psalm is David, into David's life. So he's my light. The one by whom I see the truth and see the right way to, to to take the path forward. You know, we're so used to street lights and lights all over the place, but the ancient world there, you know, if the stars weren't out, if it was a cloudy night, you, you could be walking in complete darkness and not know which way to take a step. And David is drawing on that, that idea that the Lord is the light by whom he knows which direction to go, which step to take how to avoid the, the dangers, you know? how to avoid falling off a cliff. We can say with our life, the Lord is my light. It's, we, in the darkness of this world, when we don't know which way to go, the light shows us. The light shows us which direction to stay, take. So when we're talking about God being my light, it talks about the things that are in our control, the things that we're going to do. And then it says, he's my light and my salvation. You see, there's some things that are beyond our control, that there's nothing we can do about. Light alone is not enough because we are unable to walk and do the things that that need to do. Sometimes we need a salvation that comes from beyond us. So he is my light and my salvation. Lord, save me from those things that I cannot fix on my own. In that difficult time of ministry, um, when I was you know, focused on, on memorizing the Psalm. It was getting near Christmas time. I I remember that. And I was not getting a paycheck because um, we had not raised enough money. The area finances were in a deficit and I was, what am I going to do? Can I keep doing ministry? And is, is anything going to change? And I remember calling out to God for help. And in a period of one week, Right a little before Christmas in that year, I got three different donations that came into the office, totaling $19,000, which was, you know, three or four months worth of, uh, it was just completely unexpected donations that came in. And I, I remember just being astounded. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is also my stronghold. He's the one I can turn to when things coming against me seem so overwhelming, I'm so fearful. the 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 It's not just the you know the danger of the thing itself. It's the fear that it spurs up inside you that can it can it can be so terrifying. We we freeze right. We we don't know what to do. We don't um, we get paralyzed on the inside with anxiety. And, and I'm, I know I've faced situations like that. And so if God is our stronghold, he's the one who we sink ourselves into so that no matter what we're facing, he is, he is there. He's, we can trust in him. And it calls to mind from Philippians four, where it says, you know, don't be anxious, but when you are anxious, bring your requests to God and just lay them out before God. And in this, I love this line. It says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God will guard your heart. That happens when we make the Lord our stronghold. He is the one that can carry us through. So the next verse talks a lot about enemies. Um, when my enemies advance against me to devour my flesh... When my foes attack, when an army besieges, I still will not fear. So David had personal enemies, um, evil men within his orbit who wanted to take him down. And if you know the story of David, there's oftentimes there were people who, who were, were looking to conniving. And David was very worried about that. He also had foes um, like the Philistines, and he faced armies. And so these are these are not hypothetical to Jesus or to David. I mean, um, I don't necessarily have evil people around me trying to take me down or an army trying to destroy me, but I do have troubles and difficulties and challenges and things that can feel like enemies that are coming to attack me. Um, Psalm forty has a, a line that I like. It says, "For troubles without number surround me; my sins have overtaken me, and I cannot see." It's often my troubles and the struggles of life in this world, oftentimes brought upon by my own stupid self decisions or mistakes or outright sins. And I can be filled with worry and anxiety and not know if things are ever going to get better. David in this these two verses is deciding, I have put my trust in the Lord. I, I'm not going to worry. He is with me. I, my confidence is, is him. It's not saying that he's had it completely settled. I think he's trying to convince himself. He's reminding himself, even if the army comes against me, even then will I be confident. God will, will see me through this. Sometimes that's the prayers. God, we're, we're deciding in our heart that we're going to believe and trust in God's provision. This next verse, verse four, is, is just a favorite of mine. It's simply this one thing I ask of the Lord. This is what I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I I seek. You know, if you think about that, what? Yeah, if you, if you start off with that, you know, what's the one thing that I'm seeking? What's the one thing? And, you know, well, you might say, well, I'm seeking health, you know, I want God to give me good health. I want God to protect me. I want God to bless my family. I want God to give us success, you know, in work or in life. But what does David say? What's the one thing? It is the opportunity to seek God, to dwell with God. David says that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. That what he's referring to there is the the tabernacle. It was the place of worship. That um, it was a tent that they had turned into a temple where God's present was presence was in David. And we'll see this as he goes through. David would go to this temple, and it seems like he was going there every day to worship God, to find strength in him. And the more he was worried about these things in life, the more he was intent on coming to that that house of the Lord. And says, one thing, God, I just, may I keep coming here to seek you. You know, David is not a religious professional. He's not one of the priests who would serve in the the tabernacle. They sing, Lord, I I want this. I want to be like that. I want to have that chance to to worship you and to to come to you every day. I am convinced there is a power in focused and heartfelt worship. And it's the power to change our inner mindset, right? We can be so caught up in fear and worry and all these things and our, our life can be completely off kilter. But when we come and worship and we we pour out our heart to God, we just come seek him with all our face, he can change everything. Have you ever experienced that? Where, where God met you in worship in a way that you could not describe to anyone else? But when you left that day, everything was better. There's nothing more beautiful than that. Nothing more joyous. So I would urge you, when you come to worship, and I know it's really hard in this time when we're doing it online, but as best as we can, don't just put in your time when you come to worship. Come seeking His face with all you got. And David says, why it's so important? He says, "For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling place. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock." Because David has that relationship with the Lord, he knows he has a security. Because of Christ, when we know Christ, we have that relationship with God. It is the best security we have. Um, that we are our lives are hidden in His presence. And because of that, there's nothing that that can take us out of his hands. Um, for David, the, the presence of God was in the sanctuary. We have even more. It says for us that the treasure of God's presence is in the jars of clay, meaning our bodies, our earthen vessels. He's made us his dwelling place. So he's with us even when we're not literally in a place of worship. Um, and because of that, what we are secure. And in Hebrews 2, it talks about how we are held in slavery by the fear of death, right? the fear of death paralyzes us and knowing that one day we'll die or and, and, but Jesus has set us free from from that fear because He gave his life. He died and rose, again so that all who belong to him will rise again with him and therefore when our life is hidden with christ we are ultimately safe in him no matter what happens because we know the resurrection is real that's security that this world cannot offer moving on so how will david respond when he's 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 experienced that. He says, then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me at his tabernacle, life's sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. He will celebrate the answers of God, the, 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 the work of God in his life with joy and enthusiasm. He will worship. He will shout and, not, and, and sing with abandon. When's the last time you unashamedly praise God? When you get shouted to God right we we shout and get excited at, at all kinds of sporting events you know are we are we willing to be enthusiastic, exuberant, maybe even looking a little foolish for god and and how how much we love him and in, in our in our worship? I know we're a church with a lot of engineers and and I'm kind of a rational minded thinking person, and you know you don't want to take things too far, but man, there's a place, and there needs to be a place in our life and in our worship for. For reckless abandon in our praise for God, David in one time he he so enthusiastically praised God. He was dancing and and singing in the in the midst of the crowds, and and his wife saw him, and she she was all kind of prim and proper, and she later says, you know, oh, how how you made yourself undignified before all these the, the common people, how, you know, why did you do that? And and David says to her, it was before the Lord, the one who chose me. That's who I was doing this for, and I will celebrate before the Lord. And and In fact, I'll become even more undignified than this. I'll be humiliated in my own eyes because he is worth it. Let us be reckless in our, our love for God and our worship for God. There's a shift that takes place. In this verse, let's see if you can hear it. Then he says, hear my voice when I call the Lord, be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says, of you seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. The shift is he, he goes from speaking about the Lord to others to speaking to the Lord. It's like the Psalm is in half. The first half is almost like David's decision to an arrival at coming to worship. And now he's 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 there, he's in the tabernacle, he's in the house of the Lord, and he is now gonna direct his his prayers to God, to the Lord. And Lord, I'm here to seek your face. Something's calling from inside him to seek out the Lord. You know, my heart says of you, seek his face. He's reaching out to God. And and he's asking for mercy. He knows he has no claim on God, you know. He's, he can only worship by God's mercy if God is willing to receive. In fact, he goes further and says, Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. David goes on to acknowledge how he has fallen short. He does not pretend to be righteous in any way or to think that God owes him for showing up. Instead, he's 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 saying, God, you've helped me in the past. You've you've been my helper. I'm I'm merely your servant. Don't don't cast me away, don't turn me away in anger, though maybe that's what I deserve. God, you've helped me. Would you come and help me again? When you come to the Lord, whether in worship or in your devotion time, with what attitude do you approach him? What's your heart attitude towards the Lord when you come in such moments? This next line blows me away. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. I've heard people speak of how powerful this verse is, especially those who've experienced rejection. Sometimes rejection from their their family. And for me, I've I've not experienced that, um, but I know others who have, and. And, and to know that though all others would forsake Him, they still have the, the Lord will receive. And I think we all face disappointment at times in our closest relationships. Maybe you felt rejection from your parents. Maybe you felt it from a friend or spouse. Here we say, the Lord will receive me. The Lord is trustworthy. He will not turn me away. He will not cast me out. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. From there, David leads on to making a request. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over at the desires of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. David is facing real problems. These people who want him to fail. False witnesses, people who are making stuff up against him. Have you ever had someone just make up things, looking for reasons to criticize you? And um, I mean, how do you fight that? And for David, he's facing threats of violence. When things are out of control, what can we do? Simply this, we keep walking with Christ. Lord, lead me in a straight path. Lead me in the right path. For us who know Jesus, the path is the way of discipleship, the narrow road. The the crowds will go one way, but we who who've put our trust in Jesus, we will follow Him wherever He leads, trusting that He's leading us in the right way. We need to be life decisions before the Lord so that we know which way to go. We need to come to him with the things that, and not think we can figure it out ourselves, but bringing those those decisions about life and about work and about family and everything and just asking God, lead me in a straight path. I need to know the right way to go. I'm trusting in you. Just to step back a minute, um, I can look back Um Oh wait, I'm sorry. Next next verse. Uh, one more, one more uh verse yet to go. I love this. I'm still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I remember not sure how to take that at first. I I, I remember thinking, well, isn't God's salvation enough, like eternal life enough? And you know, but here David is saying it's not just about eternal life. Um, it's about God being active in our life today, I will see the goodness of the Lord. Not just you know after I'm dead, but I will see it in the land of the living. We're convinced God is at work in this world. We're convinced God is at work in our lives and in my life. To and He's bringing the kingdom of God to earth. It, think about it. we we pray Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're confident then we will see God's goodness, God's power um to 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 be at work in our in our day-to-day life. Not just a ticket to heaven when we're gone. He's got us so much more than that. It's someone we walk with through every every step of the way and and then this last thing, but wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. There's a call to wait. There's a call to persevere the, the, I In the Greek version of Psalm 27, the word wait is hupomene, which really means persevere or endure. So it's persevere for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and persevere for the Lord. God's answer is not always immediate and quick to see, but we trust Him anyways. We trust that He will answer and, and is answering even as we are waiting that his answer is being worked out. Is there something right now the Lord is calling you to trust in him and and to persevere? I uh I was thinking about the psalm overall like and and I look back on that that young man in my 20s when I was doing ministry in a small town and I can just see God's faithfulness holding on to me. In, in ways that I could not have seen back then. To, then it was so intense and so so much of a struggle. And I just to give a particular way, I, I was working in two different school districts, um, trying to, to do, I was doing youth ministry, Young Life with teenagers in, in two different schools. And I was bringing Young Life to new areas. And so it was really a challenge. And one of them was Cambridge. And Cambridge, we, we got a good group started Um, and then, then I was trying to start it in a second school Buckeye trail and was really having trouble getting anything happening. And so Cambridge went well for a few years and then some of my key kids graduated and nothing was, I was having trouble getting anything happening in Cambridge. Um, but right as that happened, the other school Buckeye trail just started to take off and I, it just. God was answering prayers and we had this great, you know, out in the, the Buckeye Trail is a very rural school and we just had a lot of fun. And so when one school I was like questioning whether, you know, what, what is anything ever going to happen? And then God was blessing in the other school. And then it switched again. Buckeye Trail started to struggle when some kids graduated, but then Cambridge took off again. And I just know even in that little way that God was holding on to me because if both of them would have, Um, collapsed at the same time, I probably would have left ministry. But God held on to me. He was faithful. And um, I could see that now looking back. Can you look back on parts of your life and see where God had been faithful to you, even though it wasn't easy, even though you had to wait a long time, but that God was still good and trustworthy? Just to close, one of my favorite Christmas stories is Simeon. So Simeon was an old man who lived in Jerusalem, and God had given him a special um, message through the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Messiah. and thinking the Jewish people had been waiting for centuries for the Messiah. but God had told Simeon, and Simeon believed, "You will not die before you see the Messiah. And so he would often be in the temple waiting waiting for that messiah to come and then the day arrived in walks a young couple with a baby they were there to dedicate jesus after being born and and simeon when he saw joseph and mary and the baby the spirit said this is the one the one you have been waiting for for all these years and Simeon goes up and he he cannot help but praise God. He, he he talks to the couple and and I I imagine I I hope he asked permission, you know, can I hold the baby or but he wanted to bless the baby and his enthusiasm was so great and he just he just goes on Sovereign Lord, as you promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. The one which you've prepared in the sight of all the nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory for your people Israel. And it says, "Joseph from Mary just marveled at, at this old man who suddenly burst into praise when they saw their baby. When we come to worship, we come to seek the face of our Lord. When we behold Jesus, we know our salvation has come. We know he's already living in us. He's with us. And we can say with all our heart, Jesus is my light in my salvation jesus is the stronghold of my life our life is hidden with him and we can trust him so whatever 2022 has for us individually as a church we can trust in in the lord jesus christ as our light our salvation and our stronghold let me pray father It's not always easy to trust in you, but we've given you our hearts, we've given you our lives. May may you teach us to trust in you in all things. May you guide us forth in the name of the Savior. Amen.